Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of We Watch Shudder, the first episode of February 2023. My name is JD and who's here with me? It's Michelle. Michelle, how the flippin' frick is it already February of 2023? (laughs) I don't know. Time is an illusion. (laughs) Yeah, time is a flat circle, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Time is going incredibly fast. Anyway, guys, uh, we have that little bit of existential dread out of the way. We watch Shudder. Everything you need to know if you're just tuning in for the first time is right there in the title. Uh, Shudder is a streaming service for horror and horror-adjacent films, and we watch it. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And then we talk about what we watched on Shudder. Yeah. Did I summarize that pretty well? Yeah. No, everything they need to know, you just told them if they didn't understand the title. We started recording these episodes way up late in the evenings on Thursdays when they usually drop the new films. And there's there's definitely developed a certain, like... We might be past our bedtime quality to the last few episodes, <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of with it right now, frankly. I'm kind of with you're, it. You're definitely more nihilistic on a Thursday night than you are if we do this on, like, a <sighs> Tuesday afternoon. I don't um. know. I don't know <laughs> if I would call it nihilistic so much as just, like... Time is moving slowly towards like our ap- death is your vibe is on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I would like to call it... Uh, 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 realistic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so realism. that got weird for a while. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie, Michelle. What's the movie we're talking about? Well, we're talking about Skinamarink for a second a time, minute. but Wait. way more spoilery. <laughs> Wait. We're talking about... Didn't we already talk about Skinamarink? We kind of talked about Skinamarink, but we decided to make it spoiler light for people who could not see the thing in the limited release theaters like we could. And now uh-huh. we could watch the thing with all our friends. So we decided to dive in. Yeah. So we're going to gonna revisit Kyle Edward Ball's uh, high profile, much lauded, much buzzed about Skinamarink. Uh, we're going to talk about it on a couple of levels. Uh, I don't know. I, I know Michelle did actually, uh, and I did as well. We, we went and watched some of Mr. Ball's, uh, short work on, on his YouTube channel. We're going to talk about that. I know Michelle guys, before we sat down to record this episode, I was like, Michelle, I'm not really, and we say this basically on every episode, but this one, I think it really set in because this is a movie we have recently discussed. I was like, I'm not really sure I have a whole lot more to say about this movie. And Michelle said, oh, that's fine. I have six pages of notes that I wrote about this film. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I got very analytical when I watched it for a second time. And after seeing the short film that it's based off of, heck, I I had a lot more insight into this movie. So I had to make a lot of notes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we normally, I I think we definitely don't read this description from the Shutter website until we get into the spoiler section because, oh man, uh, it's just, uh, I actually have a theory about this description on the Shutter website that we'll talk about when we do get into the spoilers. Uh, but, uh, so after revisiting the film, uh, uh, did you watch the film a second time, Michelle? Yes, I watched the film in its entirety. Yep. Excellent. Michelle watched it again. She checked out some of the uh, the associated previous material. 
spoiler-free, Michelle, coming mm-hmm. back around to it. First of all, what was your rating of Skinamarink the first time around? Yeah, my rating was 2.75. Um, this is very experimental. It's unlike basically anything I've ever seen. So I did enjoy that they were trying something new. Ultimately, it fell flat. Um, but I will get into why it didn't pay off for me, but why I was really tense at points and why it it did give me certain vibes that I enjoyed feeling about a movie. Sweet. So watching it a second time, I'm still going to stand by my 2.75. However, now I have to make a caveat that the short film that this is based off of is way better and he screwed it up by making it feature length. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually something that that I believe we talked about in that original episode is that uh, it's not so much that this was uh, a bad idea. There just might be way too much of it. Uh, and it, 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 it sort of, I, I like, I, I think we, we understand what was happening, but it just, I don't know. I, and I said this repeatedly in that uh, original episode, like, I can't even say that like, this is a bad movie. This is just not a movie. It's not a kind of movie that works for me. Uh, almost ever is very rare that these, these very, uh, I, I think the terms I use is this is one that you're supposed to feel more than think. Uh, and that just that kind of movie isn't, it, it's just not my speed, uh, right? So it, it's important to keep in mind that my rating of the film is directly tied to my personal experience of it. I'm not trying to say this is a bad film, uh, but for me, this didn't work at all. My original rating was a 1.5. Uh, after seeing Heck and some of the other uh, shorts on his YouTube channel, uh, I do feel like I wouldn't say that I understand it more. I would say that they kind of validated some of my ideas that I had. Definitely uh, 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 countered some of the um, some of them as well. Uh, but uh, overall, I, I also am sticking by one and a half skulls uh, for my uh, experience of Skinamarink. That makes sense. So we're still back at a 2.125 uh, score for this, which is still better than it seems a lot of the audience <laughs> um, reacted to this. A lot of people are coming down on a hard two skulls. Um, yeah, but then it's, you got well, people who are five. One is all over the right. place. Yeah. Like, well, for example, I'm on the Shutter website right now as we speak. And the first one, two, three, four, five. There's like 25 five skull ratings all up at the top here and then yeah. as you go down like they they collapse uh immediately like this is a very polarizing film people either love it or really don't <laughs> yeah also i have questions about how shutter determines what reviews get on here i think they do it in order of five skull to lower because mobile has a lot more one skull and the website does not show a single one yeah so I'm well like, and these, oh, yeah and these okay. are all <laughs> Uh, I wonder if it's maybe something on the back end just in the way they're sorted. Because, yeah, these are yeah. all sorted in order uh, from five down to two, and that's where they stop. Yeah, but I want to be anyway. able to see all the reviews. That's just so, a, a thing. I like digging into those. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, as Michelle said, we are going to talk about things in a in a little bit more spoilery sense than we did in that first episode that you, you, you may have heard. Uh, talk about uh, some things specifically. Michelle's going to have a whole lot more to say than I do, and I, per, for one, am going to enjoy letting her tear off for a little <laughs> while. Uh, but uh, if you do want to see the movie still and you haven't had a chance to do that, 
before we spoil a bunch of things from it, uh, you're going to want to hit that pause button right about now. So, Michelle, um, yeah. look, I, I, I honestly, I think most of what I have to say will work in as uh, kind of reactions and plays off of things that you're probably going to bring up. What I would very much love to do right now uh, uh, it definitely has nothing to do with the fact that I've been up since 6 a.m. and I'm kind of exhausted. <laughs> it's everything to do with respecting you as a person and a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Michelle, just take all the time you need and let me mm-hmm. know when you're done. All right. So Skin and Ring, for those of you who have not seen it, this is shot in a very unique fashion in that the camera just does whatever it wants to do. Uh, It films the corner of a ceiling. It films the carpet very closely. Um, At some point, it seems that we are looking at first person from these children's perspective. But I don't think that Kyle Edward Ball knows how tall children are, because sometimes that's just a few inches off of the carpet as a child is opening the door or holding a flashlight and I think he thinks that children are much smaller than they are and I don't know a lot about children but I think that they are smaller or that they are taller than a couple inches off the floor Um, essentially what this boils down to is that these two children have their uh, parents go missing they are stuck in a house that they cannot get out of more on that later and things are just odd Um, what worked for me is that this movie tries to make things very odd um, and very kind of normalized in a way where these kids are just going with the flow. At one point they look up into the corner of a room and they see a a chair just there hanging uh, from the ceiling upside down and their reaction is we should be quiet. They, they are not afraid of this chair. I would be terrified of these chairs. Um, I think part of it is it's a children's... Um, I guess children are either terrified of things that they should not be or they are chill with things that they should not be. And these kids are very, very chill. But that also allows us to be a little more frightened on their behalf, I guess. Um, so it, it's just a little... Um, odd but it also kind of worked for me so my notes are that uh the sound is distorted throughout this whole thing it does take place in the 90s um it is uh kind of filmed as though it's on uh like a old camcorder it's very grainy um so the sound is very distorted and watching it now with the subtitles there are a lot of things that i feel like the distortion adds to it but also takes away for example there is a very truly scary part um kind of halfway through this movie where Kaylee goes upstairs and she finds her parents sitting on the bed and they have been missing for a very long time. Uh, This whole sequence kind of plays out where the parents are just very monotone and they tell Kaylee to go back downstairs. The dad disappears. The mom reappears. Um, But as Kaylee is looking towards the hallway, there is a subtitle that said bone cracking. And I had no idea that's what that sound is. But then you hear the mom kind of moaning, um, but also not in a like super painful way, kind of in a like I'm waking up from sleep sort of way. And I did not recognize that as bones cracking specifically. I thought it was just more audio distortion. So a lot of things that they're trying to do 
get missed. And that's why I was so analytical going through this the second time, because I feel like there are some very good things there that I did not catch at all. Um, even trying to watch it the second time, just because I've read a lot about it. Um, I've watched a lot about it. I was very involved in trying to figure out what this movie is about. Uh, later on in the movie, a little boy, um, Kevin, is calling 911 because he stabbed himself in the fucking face, which, okay. Um, but he calls 911, and partway through that phone call, he just stops talking, and then we're looking all over the room at all these random shots, and then there's a shot of the toy phone. I did not register that that was the real phone turning into a toy phone. And then Kevin says, you did that to whatever thing is living in his house. So again, something that was completely lost on me because of the way that this was filmed, where it's doing just random shots out of nowhere. I did not connect the phone call currently happening with this toy phone not previously being there. I thought it was just another... Um, another toy that has been in this room that they're kind of compiling things in. Uh, I do like the contrast between spooky sounds and cartoons. There is a thump partway through that scares both children. And then the cartoon just continues playing where it's just happy birds chirping. And I do like that um, play between the two. The cartoons make a huge part of this audio in the movie. And a lot of those cartoons I have seen before and have watched many times. So it helped me feel as though I am a child in this world because those were things that I heard as a child. Um, it helped put me into that mind frame a little bit better. Um, there's a brick separator in this movie that caused a whole conundrum with my friends because Lego bricks play a big part of it, but the brick separator was not invented in the 90s and apparently all my friends are upset about that. So I did need to uh, point out that there are some inaccuracies uh, as far as which Legos are displayed. Um, the only things that seem to disappear in this house are doors and windows, which I also think are not clear that they are leading to the outside world. More on that because I feel like the short film conquers that a little bit better. Um, but then also for some reason the toilet disappears and I don't know why that was the other item that they decided <laughs> needed to disappear in this world because things are changing. There's obviously object manipulation, but it's not clear to me why the toilet was like such a focal point of things that are coming and going as they choose. Um, I thought the jump scares were annoying more than anything else. There are four of them. One of them happens when you think that the movie is over during one of like the fifth final scenes where you're just like, God, is it done? And then they have to throw in the fucking toy phone with a huge jump scare just for one more. Like, if you like this movie, here's a reason not to kind of thing. Um, when we saw it in the theater, uh, I think they were so confused about when this movie was actually supposed to end because the lights came up before it was done. And all of us were very confused. And apparently the people in that theater who were running it were confused because they're like, dudes, we thought it ended 10 minutes ago. When I rewatched it today, I just kept hitting, hitting forward for the last five minutes and I did not miss anything at all because all the pans are so slow that I was like, yep, there's a house in the middle of nowhere. We're going to watch that for two minutes. I can just skip past this. Okay, now there's a ceiling and there's blood and there's not blood and now there's blood. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to uh, take in about this movie, but I do want to talk about the short film before we go to that. JD, any comments? <laughs> no, I, uh, I I pretty much understand exactly where you're coming from on all of that 
Um, and, and while I was listening to you, I, I I was thinking just about like there are so many elements of this that are like deliberately challenging, right? Like there, it's very grainy video footage. The audio is incredibly distorted and incredibly blown out on everything. Uh, they only give you subtitles, like, uh, uh, talking about the movie itself, not the subtitles mm-hmm. added later, but the movie itself only gives you subtitles when it feels like it's important that you know what's being said. Uh, and then other times there's just sound happening and you have no idea what's being said. Um, yeah, uh, one quick again, comment on the subtitles. It's not clear why something is important versus why it's not. And that really bothered me, especially mm-hmm. watching it the second time, because I was like, why is this part of this conversation important enough to justify subtitles? The next part is the exact same tone. Now there's not subtitles. Now this part I can't hear at all. And we don't get subtitles. The inconsistency of that was really distracting. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it just, um, I think my overall opinion on what this movie tried to do continues to be, like, I feel like if this had just been, like, a 20-minute YouTube movie that I saw, and we'll talk about that with Heck, uh, I definitely feel like Heck did certain things much better uh, than Skinnamarink did. Uh, I also feel like it did some things a lot worse. Uh, But we'll talk about that in a minute. But just overall, I feel like... Just that whole kind of idea. Okay, I get it. You're trying to create an atmosphere and build this atmospheric experience. You're supposed to feel the movie more than think it. Okay, that's fine. But that is not going to hold my attention for 100 minutes. I understood Hmm. the atmosphere and the feeling of what they were trying to present within like the first 10 to 15 minutes of this film. And then it just became... More and more and more and more. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's, uh, again, I'm sure as, as noted by all of the five skill reviews uh, on the website right now, uh, some people are loving this. I'm going to talk about one of them in particular here later on. But, uh, so let's talk about Heck then. Uh, so Skinnamarink, uh, is sort of, uh, the feature length version of a like it's uh, sort of adapted from a short film that Kyle Edward Ball did called Heck uh mm-hmm. which is available on YouTube it runs just over 28 minutes uh is how long that short is uh and it tells a very similar story uh to Skinnamarink and so I I also want to say uh well I guess if you want to see Heck uh without any spoilers go do that right about now all right. So again, very similar uh, to Skinnamarink, but Michelle, tell me some of the things you feel like Heck did significantly better than yeah. the feature did. Yeah. So part of my issue with the feature is that um, a lot of the rules don't make sense. I am okay with time distortion, for example, like where that cartoon just keeps playing on repeat. That's actually a huge thing that I really like in horror movies and is one of those things that automatically gets to me, like the Blair Witch remake um, with that time distortion without getting into it and spoiling it. um, Those kind of things really get under my skin. So I like when they do that, but they would establish something like this whatever it is this being in this house can 
manipulate time and then it never happens again. And I think it, it's kind of unfortunate when you're establishing these rules in the world. You know, the toilet can disappear, but then it never disappears again. Uh, doors and windows come and go. There's just a lot of stuff in the feature film that they threw out there because they probably thought like this will make a good little moment and then it never happens again. Um, the short film kept the things that were happening way more uh like it was a much shorter list and therefore it was more effective in the things that were happening. One of the things that I liked was that um, the mo uh, the short film starts out as first person. It's clear that this camera is rep representing the child's perspective and then it leaves that several times, but there's still times where it is and it goes back and forth. Whereas the longer film does the exact opposite where it's more abstract shot shots. And then when we do go to first person as a child of, Eventually, it's very disorienting because we're like, oh, so now has the whole thing been from first person? And it it very much doing that in opposite order in the short film was something so small that immediately made that perspective a lot easier to align with and be okay with. Um, there were things like instead of these doors and windows that just appear and disappear, and that's important, the doors and the windows in the feature film appear when they were not there and then disappear, which is way more confusing than seeing a door or a window disappear. And knowing I thought these were random doors and it took me a little bit to realize those were the outside doors that then came back and then left. And now they're stuck here because there are no doors and windows in this house. But it did not affect me right away because the doors were gone. And then they came back during this eerie flashing moment and then they left. And it's again, just something we're doing that in the opposite order would have been a lot clearer. I think if Kyle Edward Ball had worked with somebody on this instead of directing and writing by himself, somebody could have said why and maybe just made these small fixes that worked in the short film but did not work in the the feature length version of it. Um, also, they just solved the issue of the doors and windows appearing and disappearing altogether at the short film by the little girl just saying that they can't open the door. The door is there. They can't open it. And I kind of find that a little bit scarier. Um, the fact that they actually tell you that time is passing rapidly in the short film that's terrifying. They leave it out of the feature film. At the end of the feature film, they have a moment where they just flash 572 days on the screen out of nowhere. And then it's so it's not talked about any moment up to that point. Oh, JD, I thought you were going to say something. No, I, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it, it just it happens once. Mm hmm. And you're at just the like, very end, what, what, like <laughs> Oh, like okay, I, I think I know what you're trying to say here, but I'll I'll get to it. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally fine. But um, the the short film does one sleep later two sleeps later and then it slowly gets more and more till at the very end it's 18,694 sleeps that is a very scary concept of being a child who did you, is uh, mm -hmm. did you do the math by the way on how many years that is I had earlier was it like 50 years or it's something just over 51 years yeah yeah and and at the end when there's still dialogue from the child, it sounds like they're still a child. They're either that or they have not developed. Even if they are 50 years old now, they are still saying mommy like, and there's, talking. There's definitely, mm -hmm. there's a very deliberate, noticeable difference in the voice in that very yeah. last shot 
but it's still very childlike. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. And so even if your body is physically aging, if you're not experiencing anything out of that um, outside of like the mindset of a child, they're just kind of perpetually stuck in that. And that's a very, very scary concept. Aging or not, 50 years in this dark house with this unknown entity, that's terrifying. We did not get that in the feature. Um, I also cared way more about the child in the short film. Uh, the dialogue tells a story. It's not just two children who can't find uh, their parents and are completely indifferent to this house doing weird shit. Um, at one point in near the beginning, the child who I believe is a girl, um, but they don't have a name or anything. No, it's a boy. Oh, is it a boy? In okay. The, in the my credits, bad. they're listed as the boy and the mother. Oh, okay. I'm glad that you clarified. I just thought it was a, a girl, just the higher register of voice. But so the boy in the short film uh, says, mom, I clean my room. The mom doesn't come out. Mom, I'm coloring on the carpet. The mom still doesn't come out. Then he's just telling the room randomly, I hate you. And then there's this part that hit me so hard of, I'm sorry, I got cancer. Not only is this kid stuck in this situation, they think it's their fault for 50 years. That is horrifying. It's upsetting. The concepts introduced in the short film are just sadder and made me feel so much more for these characters than I did in the feature length. Um, the mother without a mouth isn't a jump scare. It's just a reality that you have to take in as being a scary thing that just exists. Um, and it's not this huge jump scare that distracts us like it does in the feature length when the, when it happens to Kaylee. And then the final line of the short film, Mommy, I think we're in hell. That stuck with me so much. It is so scary. Just this child being stuck for 50 years thinking it's their fault in hell. There is so much stuff they did in the short that they just didn't add to the feature. And it's very disappointing. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the best way to summarize uh, why I feel uh, that overall uh, the short film Heck works better than the feature-length Skinnamarink is uh, it services the narrative more, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's still bizarre. There's a lot of strange visual things happening. Uh, it's very dense. It's very, like, you really need to focus on it. You need to pay attention and... and, and absorb what's happening there's a lot of real subtlety going on uh, in the in the visual elements uh but it uh it also recognizes that we're still trying to tell a story here and uh so we need to at least service that narrative and it does so much more uh narrative work than the feature film does uh mm -hmm. you mentioned an interesting thing there about how uh, the this story or the the short is like mostly uh, following this the the story and or mostly uh, first person shots and then there are occasional weird angles and mm -hmm. and it, how that's flip flopped in the in the feature the ver I, I got the very definite impression after I finished watching Heck that what happened here is Kyle Edward Ball looked at Heck and said, okay, that's kind of what I was going for, but it's still too comprehensible. It needs to be more vague. It needs mm -hmm. to be less narrative. It needs to be more atmosphere and weirdness uh, and more uh, almost impenetrable uh, 
the problem with that is if that was your ultimate goal, then drop the narrative uh, hook entirely. Like, don't even... Just give me those weird shots. Remove the narrative... Because all you've done, at least again, for me, what you've done is you've given me just a taste of narrative in the feature... And I spent a hundred minutes expecting because you gave me a little that you were going to tell me a story. And you, I mean, you did, but it's not enough to justify the length of, of what was going on there. Uh, I, and that's why I feel uh, I, I, I enjoyed Hex significantly more because I feel like it's, uh, it does more to serve the narrative. It's more focused on telling that story. Interestingly, though, um, I didn't, uh, I was kind of, and and look, let's be totally frank here, we've already talked about it, this might have something to do with my current life situation, uh, but when the little kid just out of the blue says, I'm, I'm sorry I had cancer or whatever, uh, I found that too much, in mm. the sense of, like, it felt really exploitational. Uh, in a way, like, it was, like, to me, it was the weird equivalent of, like, oh, we're going to murder a baby on screen. Like, it, it seemed like, it's like, it, I don't know. And, and again, there might be uh, a whole lot of my own current situation bleeding all over that. I, I am very well aware of that. Uh, but also, I got the same feeling from that last line of, Mommy, I think we're in hell. Like, I, I agree with you that just this idea of being trapped uh, in this excessive, uh, uh, just repetitive nightmare scenario uh, in a situation, in a way where time is traveling, but again, speeding up. Yeah, it's a, it's a great concept. I just, I felt some of those moments uh, were a little too ham-fisted uh, and kind mm -hmm. of took me out of things. Uh, but overall, I still enjoyed that uh, significantly more. Now, I also watched several of uh, of Kyle's other shorts on his YouTube channel. Uh, it's called uh, Bite Size Nightmares, I believe is the name of the channel. Correct. Uh, yep. And he's got a whole, like a 39-video short series called Nightmares, uh, and they're just numbered Nightmare 1, Nightmare 2, Nightmare 3. I haven't watched any of those. There are a few other short films. One of them is called uh, The Three Kings Ritual, uh, one of them is called Grandma. Uh, uh, there's a couple others that the names are, are escaping me. I watched all of these. They're very short, anywhere from like one to uh, six minutes. And the interesting thing about them is it's like the vast majority of what happens in those shorts happens in this feature, but doesn't happen in heck. So it's like... I almost feel like I kind of want to watch those nightmare uh, shorts. Uh, they total three hours worth of footage. But I wonder how much of this is really him taking these individual ideas he's had previously for, for shorts and trying to cobble them together into a feature presentation. And I just feel like that was the wrong thing. Like... I enjoyed, uh, like, I, I feel like, like, for example, the one called uh, uh, The Three Kings Ritual. Like, that is a perfect example, I feel like, of, of what I was just talking about, of just very incredibly vague. Like, I don't know if there's a narrative structure happening there at all. 
uh, but it has some of the visual effects that you see in Skin of Marink and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I understand where the guy is coming from. I just don't know. Uh, there's no time ever in the world that I would want to watch this sort of thing for that long. Yeah, no, I I mean, I don't really disagree with you. I did watch it for that long a second time today. <laughs> but also sitting at home, I was able to fast forward through certain parts, which I really only did when it was like the really long pans at the very end because I wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, robbing myself of revisiting this after seeing the short film and understanding mm -hmm. the feature a little bit more. Um, because like you said, there is some narrative. Uh, speaking of um, the description, you said you had some conspiracies oh, yeah. and I also have conspiracies about right. the description. So, okay, I wonder if you have the read, same one. Uh, I want to read to you the uh, description of the film from the Shutter website. Uh, this is what the description of the film says. It says... Two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. To cope with the strange situation, the two bring pillows and blankets to the living room and settle into a quiet slumber party situation. They play well-worn videotapes of cartoons to fill the silence of the house and distract from the frightening and inexplicable situation, all the while in the hopes that eventually some grown-ups will come to rescue them. However, after a while it becomes clear that something is watching over them. A Shudder original. Here is what, uh, like, I, I read through that, and I had two thoughts. My first thought immediately was, okay, but how were we supposed to pick up all of that detail from what we just watched? Mm -hmm. And that's when I said to myself, I feel like this description was written specifically so that people who watch this movie can have some kind of fucking idea what is going on here. <laughs> I actually had the same thought because um, I went to Skin and Rank knowing nothing. I had accidentally seen one trailer that was very abstract and did not tell me a single goddamn thing about this film. So right. I knew nothing except that there was some buzz. And uh, if I had... Knowing all of this, I don't know if it would have changed how I felt seeing it at theater and being like, oh, this is the overall narrative. But yeah, it's very hard to take the little clues he gives us and pick up all right. of this yeah. information. Like, so from that description, here are the things that I think you can pick up from the film itself. Uh, yeah, two children wake up in the middle of the night and they can't find their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know that some windows and some doors mm -hmm. have vanished and reappeared, but whether it's all the doors and windows to their home, they never draw attention to that detail specifically. Yep. Yep. Uh, the two bring pillows and blankets to the living room and settle into a quiet slumber party situation. Um, okay, uh, I guess maybe there's a way you could cobble that together from some of the random shots, but here's the thing. The shots were all so random and jarring that there's no way I would have put that all together until you told me to put it together after the fact, right? Uh, and then uh, uh, just, yeah, I don't know. I it, it's uh, it, This feels like it was written to sort of uh, like guide you through what you just watched. Yeah, like the, the actual things it's saying might not be all that obscure, but it is definitely more coherent than a single thing in this oh, movie yeah. is. And it's yeah, odd sure. that they would choose to make a very coherent, uh, very detailed description and then have a very like 
abstract movie where those elements are hard to pick up on. So it, it's definitely a choice that feels like it was trying to satisfy those of us who needed more narrative um, by putting all the narrative in the description. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I don't know. Uh, we've we've now uh, done two episodes about how we didn't really care for oh. Skinnamarink. We we can't end yet though because you said there was a specific review you wanted to comment. Oh, and Michelle I'm very keeps curious. reminding me of things. Yes, no, I just I gotta know. I gotta know. <laughs> so I was reading through some of the reviews and I got to this one and I was like, I started reading it and I was like, oh, this guy really, really, really loves this movie or this person. I don't know if it's a guy or not. Uh, this person really, and then I kept reading it, and I was like, Jesus, this person really fucking loves this movie. Uh, and then I finished reading it, and then I was like, hang on. Like, obviously, there's a lot of hype around this movie, right? There are a lot of people who love this fucking movie, and it got a lot of attention and got a theatrical release uh, and that whole sort of thing. Uh, but I want to read this to you. Uh, this is from uh, from a review on the Shutter website. I'm not even going to give the name. Uh, you know, if somebody really wants to go find out that badly, I mean, whatever. But I just so here it is. <laughs> Deserves an Academy Award for best movie of the 21st century so far. The child actors are the best ever seen in a movie. Brilliant in every way. A true masterpiece and a perfect example of what all horror movies should be like. I hope there's a Skinnamarink 2, 3, and 4. This goes right up there with Bergman, Hitchcock, and Beethoven. I hope the filmmakers receive at least $500 million for this <laughs> gift from God. <laughs> Sorry. I shall have nightmares for the rest of my life. All caps, DO NOT LET CHILDREN SEE THIS! RATED R! Horrifying. Horrifying, specifically. Horrifying, yeah. <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> so you're right. It does say horrifying. <laughs> and I read that, and by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, "Okay, this guy's taking the piss, right? Like this is <laughs> this is somebody who is now actively mocking the extreme praise that this movie has been receiving, right?" I hope so. Do we not I know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I hope there's a skin and ring two, three, and four is an odd thing to proclaim. About I know, right? Oh, uh, uh, I also loved this goes right up there with Bergman, Hitchcock, and Beethoven. <laughs> when did Beethoven <laughs> make movies? Uh, Beethoven like, made very good music, like all of the music in this, which there is basically none outside of the cartoon. <laughs> Beethoven wrote those cartoon soundtracks. That's what he's getting at. Oh, I also yeah. I also do want to point out one other review that I read of this film. It's just a one sentence review, and here's what it says: It says, "Watch this in a dark, dark room in a dark, dark house, and you'll get it." Then why did they put it in a fucking theater? Hang on. That review again says, watch this in a dark, dark room in a dark, dark house and you'll get. There well, is so no it does. It. Apparently, I, my brain fills <laughs> in all the details. <laughs> apparently, the thing that was going to get them did and then it hit submit. Uh, there was going to be more and then you'll get visited by a strange creature. Uh, but nope, nope. The, the creature got them. So and you'll get get right. what? Five million dollars from God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah guys i mean you know at the end of the day like i said tons of people are really loving this movie it got enough attention to get a theatrical release it's made a decent amount they made this movie for fifteen thousand dollars and it's made like two million bucks that's awesome 
that that happens. Uh, I just I, I can't be uh, more uh, direct about the fact that this is just not a movie that functions. I'm a narrative guy. We've talked about this before. I need to, I need some kind of a story. Uh, to keep me going. Uh, if you are able to love this film, that's awesome. I'm glad you got something great for you. Um, I'm... Uh, wow, I just had a complete gap in thought. What was I going to say? I don't remember. Michelle, save me. Uh, if you are new to us and you don't know our social media platforms, <laughs> first off, we're happy it, whether you liked or did not like Skin and Rink and Heck. I think that's basically what JD was getting at. You don't have to listen to us. We're just two weirdos who like to talk about movies and our opinions don't matter to anyone except ourselves. But if you want to check us out on social media, uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all under We Watch Shutter. We have WeWatchShutter.com where we sometimes put up blogs and maybe we'll do more <laughs> of that. And we have squelching files that I haven't updated since the first day that they were uploaded because I just keep finding more squelches and now I have a folder of 500 squelching subtitles and I have to figure <laughs> out how I'm going to put that into the world um, except for the Spongebob ones which I'm mad about and you can go listen to that on the Room or Goo episode Room or Goo! <laughs> Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, very mm. embarrassing for me um, That was beautiful yeah. I think I, I think that's all our plugs. Uh, the the only the last thing I do want to say is if you do think that uh, JD is just doing a lot of a lot of buttering up to try and make sure that people uh, don't uh, get mad at him for not liking the the hip cool uh, horror movie of the day. Uh, go back and listen to our review of the scary of sixty first and realize <laughs> I am not afraid to tell you when I think your movie sucks. <laughs> and that was the second recording of the movie because the first one because the first one was, was a little oh, too I told angry. Or how it sucked. <laughs> yeah, JD got yeah. a little too angry for public oh, consumption. <laughs> how did we get to forty-two minutes on Skinnerink Redux? Oh, I told you. I wrote down. It, it was also six pages front yes. and back of notebook paper that I wrote. I had a yeah. lot of notes. I did not even get into a huge <laughs> part of it. I had lots right. to say. Maybe what you should do, Michelle. Uh, just for funsies, is you should do a blog post where you just copy pasta your notes about oh this movie uh, in their entirety for people who might want to see all of them. <laughs> they can follow along and try to uh, figure out the parts where it's just me <laughs> writing for several lines. Why? 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 <laughs> in bigger and bigger font with more question marks. They can be like, oh, I get that as they're following along. It'll be their own guide. And it's basically the end of the movie. Every time there's a new scene, I just wrote, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so, that's yeah. basically how I felt by the end. Yep, oh, yep, that's enough. <laughs> Michelle, say good night. Good night, Michelle. Skinner Marinky, don't. <laughs>